Hey, as always, good to be back with you. Thanks for uh, either listening or viewing or both. And as always, we pray we're a blessing to you. We're still in our series of I Am. <clears throat> and in this series, uh, we're dealing with the I Am statements of Jesus uh, that come out of the Gospel of John. And today we're in John chapter 15, 1 through 5. I'm just going to read to you verse 1. I will get to the other verses in the sermon. <clears throat> Let me read this to you. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father, he uh, is, uh, is the vineyard keeper. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. <clears throat> help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation. If you prompt me with it, I do want to be obedient to speak to it. <clears throat> and Lord, you look at all of us. You look... Uh, those who are watching, listening, or both, you look at all of us, but you see me differently. I'm, I'm a teacher of your word. I'm your preacher. And upon me is a greater and a more strict judgment than anybody watching or listening. And I know that, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. To the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. <clears throat> we encourage you to read the Gospel of John. We know that... Uh, Easter is just really two Sundays away, the 3rd the 10th, and then it'll be the on the 17th. And uh, read the Gospel of John with us. You'll see the I Am statements there. Remember, during Lent, you're, you're doing three things, prayer and devotion. That's, those, that's just one that you do, prayer and devotion. Uh, practicing generosity, and then also fasting. And usually fasting from something that you consider a luxury. Um, this I am statement, I am the true vine, is, is, is actually his very last I am statement. Uh, we, uh, we've moved it around a bit. We've taken it out of the order so that we could use the other I am statements on Palm Sunday and then Easter Sunday as well. <clears throat> so today we're going to the very last one that he says. In John 15, 1, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vineyard keeper. Uh, Jesus is teaching about himself here, and he's, he's saying that the word true means that he is the authentic, the genuine vine. Uh, I have said this for a number of years, and I don't say this in an uneducated manner. I spent many years studying his word and just also observing culture, basically. Uh, and when I say culture, I'm talking about my own. Uh, and, and looking at this, if uh, I've said this to people just as a, as a warning, uh, be careful of anything that doesn't have Jesus as the centrality of it, meaning the center of this. Uh, and, and, and let me go on a little further, that doesn't have him as the living son of God, who doesn't have him as a way to the Father and the means and the person of salvation. Um, uh, he's teaching about here, he doesn't just say, I am a vine. He says, I am the true, authentic, meaning authentic or genuine vine. And it says the father is the vineyard keeper. Now, I'm not familiar with vineyards. We have some around here in Lawrenceburg. Um, they're beautiful places, well kept. Uh, I know I can study about vineyards if I want to. I even have a family or dear friends of ours that have their own personal vineyard. Uh, but now, just for us, and, and just to help us understand, I'm going to replace using the word vine with tree. I think you'll be able to understand it a little better. And uh, vineyard keeper would be what's referred to 
he the father is the is the gardener <clears throat> so uh I want you to see here that Jesus is still teaching and has been in the Gospel of John that there is a strong relationship between the Father and the Son. It is very important you see that. And he's trying to get these Jewish leaders to be able to see the same thing. So uh, we always find the Father acknowledging the Son, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased, giving him the seal of approval. And then we also see the Son is going to the Father. Uh, and he's, he's, he's listening to what the Father is saying and watching what the Father is doing because Jesus teaches us the Father is always at work. So uh, to, handle this, to handle this teaching in verses 1 through 5, remember the vine, I'm going to refer to it as a tree. Uh, Jesus is the true tree, the true vine, and the vineyard keeper as the gardener. It'll make it a little easier for us to understand. In John chapter uh, in John chapter 15, verse 2, Jesus continues the teaching, Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And it's a reference to the gardener, to the Father. And he, the gardener, prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce, it will produce more fruit. There are three groups here. There's the no fruit group, there is the some fruit group, and there is the more fruit group. Um, and uh, as we're teaching here and realizing, this becomes a picture of his kingdom. And it also is a major picture of discipleship about those who are truly connected to him. And I really mean that in using the word connected. Uh, just like a branch is connected to the tree. Uh, we, so you, you and I are going to be the branches. We got Jesus being the tree. We got the Father as the gardener, and then we have you and I are the branches. So if it's not producing fruit, you get rid of it. If it's producing some fruit, then you help it. Then it is helped to get more fruit. And I wrote a question here: What do you expect a gardener to do? My mom and dad. Some of you all who are listening, you you you, you know you've known me since I was a little boy. And uh, you, uh, you knew my parents. My parents were, would raise and grow unbelievable gardens. It's just the truth. <clears throat> and I, had to, I, I, had, I was in charge of tilling the gardens, even with my old racking horse, Bob, uh, or with an actual gasoline tiller, or sometimes hauling them out with uh, just me, me just using that tool. Uh, but my parents were, were, were wonderful at it. They knew exactly how to do it. Uh, but what do you, do you expect a gardener to keep anything that's not producing fruit? Uh, do you expect that here? The, the, the picture here, the picture here that I want to, I want to get you to is there, there is, he gets rid of it. He removes it. Um, it can be a picture of not only is he gardener, but he becomes judge and, in becoming judge, he becomes a just judge, and he is the one who determines if it's fruit or not. Uh, so, but I want to get to the fruit for just a moment. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 uh, is an obvious place to go to. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So the picture, it's not fruit. Sometimes it's often referred to plural, 
It's not fruits of the Holy Spirit. It is fruit of the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you this in context. The Holy Spirit is not the tree. Jesus is the tree. The Holy Spirit is not the vine. Jesus is the vine. Okay? We're not replacing the vine or the tree here. Uh, We're not replacing Jesus with the Holy Spirit. But it says the fruit of the Spirit, that which hangs off of our branches, uh, the fruit of the Spirit are these things, love, joy, peace, and patience, and all those. So if you want to get the picture here, fruit is the behavior of the disciple. And we're constantly striving this. This is life and world changing. It absolutely is. Um, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 gives us the fruit of the Spirit. And in verse 23, it finishes as against such things there is no law. Uh, we, for, for those who are watching, we're uh, in Franklin County. Our, our physical address is Frankfort, Kentucky, even though we're between the city of Lawrenceburg and the city of Frankfort. But we're in the county of Franklin, which holds our state capital. Uh, we are surrounded by people who work in state government here and also who work in the legislative body of our state, the House and the Senate, <clears throat> and all the surrounding factors therein. Uh, but the, it is a place of law and policy. Uh, when it says here, against such things there is no law, like fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, etc. Uh, against such things there is no law. We're not talking about law and policy here. We're talking about life. We're not talking about the policies that are put in place or the legalism that is put in place. We're talking about the life that God wants to produce in and through us. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit is our life that is lived out. It is produced. In, uh, but the goal is to be Christ-like. The fruit that, if I'm connected to the tree, me, the branch, is connected to the tree, Jesus, then I'm going to produce fruit. And that fruit is going to look like the fruit of the Spirit that's listed in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Remember, it's not policy. This is life. But the goal, the goal is to become Christ-like. I am grafted in him. And the Holy Spirit wants to be able to help achieve that in us. Uh, Then we we go to uh, John chapter 15, verse 3. He says, you are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. I just want you to know the word of God is a cleansing word. It is a living word, the spoken word, uh, and the written word. It is absolutely all of those things, and that is in the person of Jesus as well. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture, God's word, is inspired by God. It's God-breathed. It is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, And look at verse 17. It goes right along with the branch being connected to the tree and producing fruit so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work, which is fruit out of our life uh, that is there for us. Uh, The word of God is competent and it is equipped for us to produce uh, fruit of good work. I want you to look at Hebrews 4.12. Says for the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any two-edged, double-edged sword, 
penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the ideas and the thoughts of my heart, your heart, the heart. Uh, I want to tell you that God's word, when it talks about it's a sword and it goes to those places, God's word goes where nothing else goes. Listen, I love to read, and I read things that move me. I, I, I read things that move me emotionally, uh, either in a positive way or even a negative way, meaning it can be sad emotion or it can be emotion that's rejoicing. Uh, but I want to tell you, nothing goes to the depth of Jeff like the Word of God does. And if we're not careful, we'll only limit will only limit what is absolutely penetrating to our life and where it needs to go. The, the Word of God effectively goes no, word, no other word goes into our life. If you really want to be honest, uh, I've got to use the Word of God to take a good look at Jeff, not to take a good look at Tyra or Logan who's behind the camera. It's not for me to do that. It's for, it, James says it's a mirror. It's meant for me to look at me. I, I need to take God's word and go, okay, it, if, I, if I'm reading a book of the Bible, where, where am I in this book? Where, is, where does my life connect with what it's trying to tell me or even trying to teach me? God's word goes where no other word goes. Listen, I, I, I jotted this down today. Even told Tyra and Logan about it before we even started uh, to even produce this uh, this video today. Um, God is life giving, you all. He's about it. He has creation power. Uh, I want you to know He doesn't waste words. He He doesn't chew the fat, so to speak. That we would say when you're just goofing off. He's He's always at work. Uh, so he doesn't waste his words. His words uh, are all about what he wants to produce in every one of us. Uh, and it's productive. His words are productive and they're life-giving. Some of his words are for me and you to stay away from things. And when I say things, I just don't mean things that you can physically touch. But I'm talking, and I am talking about those things, but I'm talking about things that are meant to be stumbling blocks to us and even to draw us the way. Like scripture's always talking about how the world is drawing me away or I don't need to conform to the world. And scripture's always talking about one of my worst enemies is my own flesh. That the flesh and the spirit are always at battle with one another back and forth. And there, there are things that he tells me to stay away from and there are things that he, his words tell me to never, ever even venture into them. Why does he do that? Because he wants to be controlling of me? No, listen, uh, I, uh, I, I'll just be honest with you. I'm doing this on a Thursday, and uh, there are some, the, our legislators, and I, I, there are people that I pray with and I meet with, and I want to be an encouragement to and uh, there were some people last night because our yesterday was the last day for the House and the Senate, and uh, I'm I'm texting these people. I know I know they can't wait to leave their chambers and go to be with their families, and I know they're headed home. But I also know there's a storm coming. I see it on the I see it on the radar. I I'm I'm a I'm a weather watcher guy. Uh, I see that. 
Our own daughter was flying to Boston. She's speaking. Laura was speaking in a, in a conference there and uh, helping lead a conference there in Boston. I'm watching the weather to see if her flight is even mixed in with this thunderstorm. And so last night, I was just sending texts to people. Make sure you check the weather before you leave and you get home. Some people I even said, text me to let me know that you, that you got home safely. I want to be able to know that. Now, I'm not the gardener. I'm not their heavenly father. I'm not even their biological father. <clears throat> but I, uh, I gave warning last night. Why did, why, does, why did I give them warning? Because I want to be known as the warning guy? I gave warning because I love them and I love their families. And when you break down scripture, you're going to find out that it either gives great assurance or his words give great warning. And his warning is not meant to limit or, or hinder me in any form or fashion. It is absolutely to keep me safe from harm. Uh, it's to keep me from sin. Sin is always against God, always. And the con he wants to keep me from not only building that wall between God and myself, but he also wants to keep me from the harm of venturing into that sin. His words are not wasted. They're life-giving. They're either words of great assurance or they're words of great warning, but it's meant to bring you life. Even when God warns me through his word, it's meant to make my life productive in the kingdom. I want you to see he's all about bearing fruit and then bearing more fruit. Uh, so uh, the, the picture is he's the gardener. He gets rid of what doesn't produce fruit, but what do you expect gardeners to do? My folks would never let a tomato plant thrive in our garden if it wasn't producing tomatoes. I'm just going to tell you, it wasn't going to last. Uh, and it becomes the same thing uh, that he's doing here. He's the gardener. What do you expect gardeners to do? He wants us to produce fruit, and then he prunes us and, uh, so that we're able to produce more fruit. Look at John 15, chapter 4. This is the key here. He says, remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. The key here is remain in me. If you really want me to bring this sermon down, it is make sure the branch is connected to the tree or the branch is connected to the vine. That's it. That's it. That, as a pastor, that's what I help to do is make sure the branch is connected to the tree. If the branch is connected to the tree, there's gonna be production. Remain in me. Uh, it's necessary for the branch to be connected in the tree for its survival. Words that are depicted about the word branch here have the picture that it's very vulnerable. It's, it's bendable and it's tender. Uh, and you just need to know that about you. There's so much that can draw you away. There's absolutely so much that can bring brokenness uh, to your life. So it takes focus, it takes fixed focus, it takes discipline, it takes endurance to remain. That's why you have a preacher. You know, faith come by hearing, hearing from the Word of God. How are they going to hear if they don't have a preacher? There, there are people who are like, we don't need preachers today. God has ordained, as crazy as you think it is, uh, he has ordained preaching. He even says that people 
who think that preaching, preaching the cross of Christ uh, and the salvation, he said to, to them, they think it's foolish. He says, those people are perishing. Uh, he has done that. You need to be reminded of where to keep your focus, a fixed focus of discipline and your endurance. Here at Hope Church, we give our people and we give you two strategies to help you remain in him. One is the hope arrow. The H is have spiritual conversations. The O, open the Bible, uh, and especially the Gospels. P, pray and listen. E, engage or eat with people. The arrow is to be sent. Know that God sends you and desires to send you. Uh, we look at that as a weekly focus. Now, why do we do that? It's going to help the branch stay connected to the tree. We also do what we call the big five. This is a daily teaching of be in worship daily, be in fellowship, ever how you do that, um, phone call, just a, a text, whatever, be in fellowship with other believers daily, discipleship, be in his word, let the word of God be in you, evangelism, share your faith at those divine appointments that God gives you, and then be involved in ministry. Uh, look at how God is using you to bless other people's lives. We ask that you look at that daily. So there's a weekly focus, and some of that overlaps into the big five, into the daily focus. And then there is the big five. Why do we have these strategies? So that we're, because we got good stuff and we're going to brand it? No. It's so that the branch will stay connected to the tree. That's exactly why we do that, to remain. John chapter 1, verse 5. Uh, he says, uh, I am the vine. This is the second time. So, uh, at the beginning, he says he's the true vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. You remain in him, okay? That's all you got to do and you're going to produce fruit. You remain in him. Keep your focus there and realize he is not just a vine. He is the true vine and you remain in him, all right? Thanks for being with us. Uh, remember, I love, we love you, and you know what we say before we leave each other, even on this video. Grace and peace, and you make sure you live in both of them, okay? God bless you.